just like when I bought properties through you guys, I like to find those properties that are paying at least 11, 12%. So let's say I get 12%, that's 1% a month. That million dollars that I deployed into your properties should pay me about $10,000 a month. That's way different than 30,000 a year. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant. Hey, hey. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. (laughs) Mine was awesome. I ate way too much. I smoked my first turkey this year. It was awesome. Oh, that's right. You guys usually do the. What is it called? Fry. Deep fry, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Whoa. Yep, smoked turkey was every bit as juicy and it had crazy good flavor. So I recommend it out there. You guys are out. Yeah. Uh, You've been on the deep fried train for a while though. So I'm a little years, bit surprised. Yeah. Years and years. So anyway, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We did at my house. And so we're back at it. New pocket. This is going to be fun today because not only are we going to talk about something really, really cool, but in addition to that, we have a fan favorite. Yes. Um, rejoining the podcast today, Chris Miles, great friend of both Heather and I for years, is back with us. Chris, welcome. Hey, it's always good to be back, right? And a, oh. and a fan favorite. I love it. You know, yeah. <laughs> look out, man. I will say that I had a client approach me this week. And I guess it was last week. The week of Thanksgiving feels like it's this week. So they said, I need to talk to someone who's a financial planner, but understands real estate. And I said, yeah, I know that eliminates almost everybody. (laughs) So, um, and who isn't going to discourage them? Because even if a client is confident in what they're doing and they want to invest in real estate, I guess it would get tiring to have someone in your ear all the time saying, that's a bad idea. Why are you doing that? Right. So I said, well, hey, I have this friend, Chris Miles. He has a business called Money Ripples and you should reach out to him. And then I searched our archives of podcasts, which is I use our podcast archives to help explain concepts and introduce people all the time. Super helpful in what I do on a day to day basis. And I realized the episode we have from you, number one, was super old. And number two, it's not fully about what you do in your company. So I thought it would be really awesome if you could join us today and give us some background. So I feel a little selfish because this definitely benefits me and our clients, but I know it'll benefit our listeners also. Yeah, absolutely. There's the backstory for everybody. Yeah. Tell us <laughs> how in the backstory. Tell, tell, I know. Tell right? us how Money Ripples get started, Chris, and why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, you know, almost it's actually surprisingly 20 years ago, I started as the mainstream financial advisor, right? So the very people that people say, oh, don't listen to them. The guy that says, don't buy real estate, buy these mutual funds because that's what I sell, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or yep. buy these insurance products because that's what I sell. That's exactly what I did. I was that guy. I was AKA salesman in a suit. <laughs> and uh, now I thought I was doing people a favor. I thought I was benefiting people's lives. And maybe to some level I was. But after about four years, I remember it was end of 2005. I was uh, having a conversation. I called up a guy that used to be a financial advisor on my team. He quit to go do, get this guy's crazy stuff here. He quit to do real estate investing. What? <laughs> and I thought, okay, this guy's insane. I guarantee he's going to fail and he's going to come back begging for his work again, right? <laughs> so I call him up right after Christmas time of 2005, right before New Year's. 
wish him Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. And it's like, hey, Doug, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. How are things going? How's that real estate gig going for you? He's like, oh, man, it's awesome. <laughs> like, my dad and I, we've parted up on some deals and we've already doubled his income as a professor at BYU. I'm like, come on, that's too good to be true, which I know you guys hear all the time with terms. Oh, yep. like, what? Come on. 12, yeah. you know, 10, 12% cash on cash returns. That's too good to be true. 30, 40% total returns, too good to be true, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he was doing the same thing. I was like, come on, that's too good to be true, right? There's no way. So he started this debate back and forth about what's better, stocks or real estate, right? Because I was even doing stock trading then. And finally, he stopped me. He said, Chris, how many of your clients are financially free where they don't worry about money? And I thought about the clients that were retired, right? Doctors and people like that, that had retired, but they still worry about running out of money. They would watch CNN. If you watch CNN, you freak out over everything, right? Because yep. it's a communist news network. Everybody freaks out <laughs> over that, that fear-mongering crap. Anyways, so I was like, none. None of them are free where they're not worrying about money, even if they're retired. He said, well, good job, Chris. Way to not help them. All right. <laughs> how about this, Chris? How many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free not off the commissions you're earning. We're not counting that. We're counting you guys investing in these mutual funds that you're able to retire yourselves. Because if anybody has it figured out, shouldn't it be financial advisors? Yeah. And I thought about some of the guys that have been working there since the late 70s. And I said, none. Maybe this one guy is. And then I found out later, as they say in Texas, he was all hat and no cattle. He was just yep. all show. Once he got fired from that company, he was scrambling for work because he was not free either. Huh. And so I said, all right, I'm listening. He's like, dude, I'm not going to tell you the answer. You just got to argue with me that stocks are better. I'm like, listen, if you know me, you'll know that I'm open. Like, give me something. He's like, all right, if you're really serious, and I don't think you are. And by the way, he wasn't selling me anything, but he's like the best salesman in the world, I tell you. (laughs) And then he says, if you're serious, get this book by Robert Kiyosaki called Who Took My Money, which is a lesser known rich dad book. Hmm. And he's like, and then go listen to this AM talk radio show here locally in Utah, where these two real estate investors are talking about well, founding fathers and principals and real estate and all this kind of stuff, right? And money and investing. And I did. And for the next two months, I just became a student. And the next thing you know, after I saw the light and how much is potential, the cash flow, like what you guys teach with your turnkey rentals, when I started to see like, wait a minute, someone can make like 1% a month, maybe even 2% a month. What does that do to my financial planning? And all of a sudden, when I was already doubting what was going on in financial planning, it turned it on its head because I knew that inflation was higher than they reported. I knew that the returns of the stock market are lower than reported. By the way, the last 30 years, despite the last 13 years up in a row, the stock market still only averaged, the S&P is only averaged 8.4% real rate of return before any fees come out and taxes. 8.4. That's not great considering yeah. we've had 13 years up in a row, which is a yeah. record in the history of the stock market. Before it was six years, we've now done 13 up years in a row. And to think that somehow the stock market is going to be amazing. And again, I was born out of the whole Y2K era, and then moving into almost the Great Recession, like I knew that there was ups and downs. I knew so, I couldn't guarantee my clients crap. I mean, the other thing too is that eight percent, like you said, I mean that's not tax advantaged money, really. No, that's you're, never. You're going to get creamed on taxes. You're going to get creamed on fees, and that number is going to drop even more substantially. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's insane. And yet they tell people it's ten to twelve percent, Chris, that's, all the time. That's, that's the standard line. It's 10 to 12%. All you got to do is just set it and forget it and you'll be fine. And that's not in reality what happens. No, I challenge anybody, go find an online retirement calculator and put in like, if you're putting in maybe a hundred bucks a month, right? Like they say, if you save a hundred bucks a month for 40 years at 12%, 
you'll have almost a million dollars. You have $979,000, right? Like I remember Dave Ramsey said that. It's like, everybody saves hundred bucks a month at 12% for 40 years. You'll have $1.1 million, which was totally false. Um, he was off on his numbers on that even. But you hear that crap. Like I taught that crap back then. But the truth is if you put in 8%, if you get 8%, most people don't even get maybe seven after all the fees and costs come out of their visors and things like that. If you put in 8% or even 7% at hundred bucks a month, you're like, wow. Like even though it's just a few percent difference, it cuts it by over a third. You have less than a third of the money that you should have had. Yep. That's what's happened to everybody right now. That's why March of 06, I like, I'm done. I quit. I'll never teach about like financial advising and money again. I'm out of here. I'll just teach ballroom dancing and I'll be a mortgage <laughs> broker. And that's pretty much what I did in 2006 until I was able to become financially independent later that year. Wow. Later that year, huh? Yeah. It's all the ballroom. It was easier. I will say the disclaimer, I only needed 3,500 bucks a month to be financially independent. But yeah. it was a lot easier than now with eight kids. <laughs> but that is something that you probably shouldn't glaze over, right? Because that's one of the things that traditional financial advisors get wrong. And that is that mm -hmm. you've got to continually buy stuff yeah. so that you can limit your taxes, which increases yep. your expenses. And then you have to continually chase this big, huge nut every single month. Yeah. And the problem is that let's say you get to that million. Let's say it actually works. Let's say it even mm -hmm. worked, right? Well, the problem yeah. is when you get to the end, then they have this quote end life strategy, right? Where you try not to run out of money. Yep. And so they take you from the 120,000 you're used to living on and they go, well, if you can live on 40 <laughs> yeah, and mm -hmm. everything stays the same, like if interest rates don't drop from two and a half percent to zero, like they are now, you're going to be fine. You won't cannibalize yeah. your money. But the problem is Anybody who's banking on that right now has to bet in the stock market because they can't just sit it and forget it at the end life strategy. The whole thing is a Ponzi scheme, dude. It doesn't work because when you get to the end, you're still stuck in the thing that's going to go down and it's going to go down and then you're going to be more screwed than you're currently screwed. Because yeah. you, if you put your money in some kind of an annuity right now, well, you're going to outlive your money because they're not paying anything. And if you keep it in the stock market at the high it's going to crash and you're going to lose your money. In either scenario, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's true. Like, it's funny because you mentioned a few myths, right? One is like you hear people say all the time, hey, you're in it for the long haul, right? But yeah. when the market tanks, how long has that long haul become? Because yeah. I remember my dad saying, you know, right around 2000, before Y2K crashed, he was like, if I keep this up, I'll be able to retire in my 50s by the mid 2000s. But of course, it didn't keep up. The tech stocks that he moved his money into because he heard his coworkers making more money in tech stocks versus yep. the traditional stocks he was in. 1999 to 2000, he moved his money into tech stocks at the wrong time, much like people buying Bitcoin right now, right? Yeah. Moving all in there. And then all of a sudden it crashed. And he said, now I got to wait 15 years, not five, you know, yeah. because he had to wait for the market to come back up. So that's mistake number one is thinking that somehow the long haul is forever. Mistake number two is that they tell you that, hey, when it goes down, it's on sale. Dollar cost averaging, right? Hey, if it goes down, buy more. But then when it goes up, you don't tell them, say, stop buying because it's going up. They're like, no, buy more. It's going up. There's yeah. never a bad time to buy for a financial advisor, is there? Like they're telling you to buy all the time, like some crappy little salesman and we're buying it hook, line and sinker. Why would we do that? <laughs> yeah. I think that's why there is a need. And I would say like a hunger for that different mentality, right? Yeah. I mean, my grandparents, 
they had several million dollars and they had the mentality of like what Rhonda said of, I can't spend this money. So uh-huh. my grandma's afraid to go and travel or do anything yeah. or share with her kids. Cause she's like, well, what if I outlive my money? I can tell, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the mentality that she was raised with. So yeah. Anyway. Rightfully so. That's a problem, right? Because there's two schools of thought that happen when you hit retirement, what you're supposed to do in retirement, right? Mm-hmm. The one school is you move into conservative funds, but they don't pay much, right? And so you're supposed to, it used to be the old rule was the 4% rule, right? That whatever you have, if you have a million dollars, you live on 4% a year, which is only 40,000 a year before taxes, right? Which basically means you're in poverty as a millionaire. You're a broke millionaire. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. You just stayed above poverty level. Barely, you maybe. You your whole life for it, right? Like you I know. Were- <laughs> Chris, you forgot though, you can add in that awesome social security. <laughs> I mean, that awesome social security gives you a huge bump. So, I mean, let's, and for let's, us Gen be, Xers, let's we're be totally completely frank here. That is a massive amount of money. And it obviously is going to be there for you and I. So we can count on that. Oh, absolutely. The government will take care of us because they absolutely. always have our best interest at heart, right? <laughs> yep. I'm sure the government's going to start knocking on our door just before saying that now. It's like, I do. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you don't. Like, and that's the problem. And really, the government's not to blame because, I mean, well, okay, they are. They set it up, right? It was supposed to be a temporary program, but now it's become something that people need to bank on. Yeah. And this is also why financial advising has been the same old crap you've heard, right? This is why employers and the government both encourage you to put money in 401ks, which are in my opinion, that is a Ponzi scheme. I mean, you're putting money into these plans, hoping that someday you'll have something. And they're really not any more advantageous than saving on your own, doing something different. Trying to get that golden handcuffs, that little contribution from your employer, which by the way, only adds maybe 2% return compounded over time. So think of that. Like People think I'm getting 100% return on my money because they match 100%. Yeah, they do. But that's not 100% return on your money. Otherwise, you'd be richer than Buffett in 20 years, right? That's not going to happen. It's only adding a 2% total return. And the longer you save in those things, getting a match, the worse the return becomes because that compound interest, you only just double your money when you get a 100% match. You don't double, double every year. You double in the end, right? And that's why their yeah. compound interest is only like 2%. The other issue mm-hmm. I see too is that, you know, we talk about that 4% rule, right? Well, that's already too aggressive. The Wall Street Journal just recently did an article saying, 4% yep, is it. too high. Yeah. It's too much. You should only be pulling yeah. out maybe 3% now. And we were talking about that 15, 20 years ago as a financial advisor. Even we were questioning it and we were banking on the 4%, right? But 3%, that now changes your million dollars, meaning you can only get paid 30,000 a year. Now contrast that with what I call anti-financial advising, right? Which is screw the financial advisors, screw all that other stuff, right? I don't know if I can say the word screw on here or crap. I've already said it 10 times. You can edit it out if you need I've, to. I may or may not have said words. I can't confirm or deny. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can listen Wrong to past episodes control. and confirm or and deny. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like All the financial advisors are trying to tell us to do the same old thing. And again, you live on 3%. Even if you're lucky enough to save $2 million, now you're living on 60000 a year before you pay taxes. Versus, I just talked to a lady today. She's a dentist. And her financial advisor is mad at her because for the last six months, she's been deploying her money into real estate, whether it's syndications or funds, into turnkeys. She's been doing all kinds of stuff, right? And yeah. the financial advisor is getting ticked. But here's the thing. She's got $3 million. Now, she would have followed his advice, okay, maybe 90000 a year. Her goal, her cash flow goal is 120000 a year. 
So yeah. she'd have to save another million and she's already in her sixties, right? She has to save another million to finally refer to say, okay, you're good, but yeah, you got taxes and oh, you got health insurance costs. Maybe you need 150,000, save another million. Why the, why the heck not? Go for five. It's million. easy. It's easy. Just work it's another easy. five, 10 yeah. years, save another million. You're good to go. Oh, yeah. and by the way, if the market happens to tank in the meantime, sorry. Another 10 years. Tack yeah. on another, another 10 years. You'll be 80 years old, even though you're one of the richest people, the top percentage, and still you're trying to struggle to get to your retirement goal, right? Versus when I tell people, look, you can get investments that are paying 10, 12% a year pretty easily. Again, nothing's guaranteed, but neither is a stock market. 10 or 12%. And that's cash flowing investments, right? So just like when I bought properties through you guys, I like to find those properties that are paying at least 11, 12%. So let's say I get 12%, that's 1% a month. That million dollars that I deployed into your properties should pay me about $10,000 a month, right? That's way different than 30,000 a year, 10,000 a month or 30,000 a year. That's 120,000 versus 30,000. Look, and they're real assets. They're not a Ponzi scheme. Plus they're real assets that continue to go up in value while they pay you that someone else is paying off for you. And that there's very tax advantage. Exactly. You know, Chris, I think we glazed over something. I think that most people really don't know because they haven't looked it up. We hear about the quote rich all the time. Yeah. But if you're 50, 60, whatever years old, and you've got a million dollar net worth, you are in the top 5% of all human beings in the United States. That's right. Top 5%. Most people don't realize that, right? But if you have 2.4 million, top Mm -hmm. 2%, right? And then top 1% is only 10.5 million. Yeah. So if you've done well with your retirement savings and you've been a business owner, you've been a professional and you have between two and 10 million, you are literally the people that the politicians are talking about all the time. Yep. In spite of the fact that you don't feel wealthy, you're it. Yep. Yeah. So all you reti- all you people trying to retire and you've been told your whole life, get to a million, get to a million, get to a million, and you do pretty well, you get to two. You are officially the rich people that everyone is talking about and is angry about. You're them. Yeah. You're the 47%. No, yeah, baby. <laughs> it like blows my mind because I remember that when you told me that a couple of years ago, Ron, you were like, welcome, Heather. Welcome. And I was like, wait, what? Me? Like, <laughs> yes, like, you. I didn't picture that it would look like this, right? Which is, I think, eye opening when you consider most of the clients I work with, they're kind of in that same, I think almost all of them would be. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, it is crazy. Like, and people will even tell me, they're like, yeah, but Chris, what's going to happen with the government? What if it becomes more Democrat versus Republican? And what about tax rules? I'm like, that's the problem. If you're in a government sponsored plan called, IRA, 401k, 403b, any of those kind of programs for that matter. You're really a minority partner in that deal. Even though the money's in your name, it's for the benefit of, right? When you get an IRA or a 401k, it says it's for the benefit of your name. Well, who's the real benefactor? It's the government, right? They're the ones that control all the rules. They can change them anytime. You're not grandfathered at all. Which they just talked about doing. Yeah. yeah. And they literally just talked about doing it. It barely got taken out. Yeah. Almost destroyed self-directed IRAs and still being talked about right now. It is. Behind closed doors, nobody hears about it. They're in there negotiating to take things away from what I would not consider to be super wealthy people. Just normal people you and I talk to, and Heather, we talk to all the time. Normal people that you guys know, that you see are your friends. Those are the people, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about Jeff Bezos here. 
Yeah. Right? We're not talking about him. We're talking about normal people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and inflation anyway, yeah. is just making, it's making more millionaires because of inflation alone, not because people are truly, they're rich, right? Now being middle-class, you could have a million dollars or more of cash available to invest. Yeah, that's so that's, true. It's yeah. not just, uncommon now anymore. Let's talk about the difference though between, so I just spouted off some stats, right? Let's talk about yeah. the difference between actually being rich, like I just said, and being wealthy yeah. and being financially free. There's a difference. I can have a $2 million net worth and still not be financially free, right? I yeah. can absolutely. Easily. I mean, so let's talk about the difference <laughs> because I think one of the things with money ripples that I think is really cool is your take on the holistic picture as you look at a client's financial picture, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just looking at their investments and telling them, hey, you should put your stuff over here. You're looking no. holistically at everything. So let's talk through that and let's talk through why you do what you do and what you do, obviously, but the reasoning behind it so that people can understand why you're digging in so deep. Yeah. Well, we exist for the very problem we already addressed for these last 20 minutes or so, right? It's not working. Financial advising has been proven not to work. People are not becoming financially free. The average 401k balance people in their 60s is between 250 and 300,000. That's it. Yay. You can almost pull out 10,000 a year. Congratulations. Way to be average. I don't want mediocre results. I want people to have freedom. And that's really what we're trying to create. It's like you said, that holistic approach has to be addressed. It'll give you an example. That same dentist I just talked to, right? Her financial advisor, all he was telling her to do is put her money in mutual funds, sit it and forget it, right? Just let it sit there forever. I started looking at just some of the situation over a few minutes. One, she was worried about health insurance, right? She's like, oh, I just got quotes. And because she's too rich, she was being quoted $3,000 a month in the Obama Affordable Care Act program, right? $3,000 a month. And her highest quote was $4,000 a month. So it was between $3,000 and $4,000 a month. And so I said, you know what? Although I'm health insurance licensed, I'm going to refer you to a guy that actually specializes in that. He's going to talk to you. And I guarantee it'll be less than $1,000 a month because I got a similar plan as well. And it's mine's less than 400 bucks a month in my mid forties, right? For my wife and I. So I said, you're going to get something cheaper. We'll save you at least 2000 a month. And then we start looking at our mortgage and we're like, well, Hey, okay. You got a lot of equity, but you're gonna be selling the property. What if we get you to refinance, get a HELOC to pay off that mortgage? Look, we'll actually free up 1700 bucks a month on your mortgage payment, which actually brings her cash flow number down to do that. Time out though. You have to explain why, because you just said, we're going to pull cash out, which increases the mortgage amount. And then mm-hmm. the payment went down because you used a HELOC. So you need to explain like, yeah. why did that happen? Yeah. Now we're not even doing a, like a cash out. We're not even pulling out equity because she was debating about paying off her mortgage in the first place. Her house is worth 1.3 million. She owes $70,000, right? That's mm-hmm. it. And she's like, yeah, but my payment's 3000 a month. I want to just get rid of it. She's on the tail end of a 30-year mortgage. Exactly. She's got three yep. years left. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I said, well, what's that mortgage rate? She's like, oh, it's like 3.75%. I said, here's what's cool. I'm like, we can actually do some fun things here because we could pull out cash to invest. But the truth is she had enough cash already. She's right. financially independent. She just does it right. So I said, we could pay off the mortgage, but it's not 3000 a month because you live in California. Your mortgage is only going to free up 2000 a month if you pay it off. Mm. Or we have a HELOC that then pays off the seventy thousand interest only HELOC. Found one in California at a credit union for two point four nine percent intro rate for twelve months, which is about the time they're going to live in that house. So two and a half percent interest rate. Their payment goes to one hundred and seventy bucks a month from like two thousand. So now they're freeing up over eighteen hundred bucks a month right there. So why would we do that? 
because it's all about cash flow. That's what creates real freedom. It's about what is month to month that you're benefiting. Doesn't matter, like you said, doesn't matter how much you have saved up. You can have $3 million sitting around paying you nothing where you're asset rich and cash poor. How do we get that money working for you? So we're like, man, we can free up 2,000 a month on your health insurance at least, and then free up almost 2,000 a month on your mortgage. That's already 4,000 a month. Her goal of hitting 120,000 a year now comes down to now only need to hit 70,000 a year. And again, she's got more than enough money to hit that and then some. So she's already financially independent this year just by moving things around and getting away from that financial advisor. Hmm. And I think the most compelling thing that you said is that really all you did was restructure her life. Fundamentally, mm-hmm. nothing changed. Yeah. Right. She didn't yeah, have exactly. to eat beans and rice nope. and <laughs> she just didn't have to do all that stuff. Right. That did not have to happen. All you did was take a look through a financial lens and go, hey, there's money leaking out of the bucket here, here, and here. All we have to do is plug the leaks, right? There. Yep. And to people who don't do this all the time, this stuff seems like some kind of like magic potion, right? Yeah. You can look at yeah. financials and go, well, here, we'll just fix it. Now you're instead of 140000 a year, you're at 70000 a year. And people are like, what? <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? Well, mm-hmm. it's using financial instruments and mm-hmm. different techniques that aren't new. I mean, this stuff no. isn't new. Nothing you said was like earth shattering. No. It's just people don't know and they're too yeah. busy to sit down and study it and figure it out. In addition to that, Chris, like we've been talking about the whole time, nobody freaking teaches any of this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no. I would say months turn into years really fast, right? Oh, yeah. I talk to clients all the time and say, oh, man, I was going to do that this year. It just flew by, right? So, having someone in your corner that keeps you on course, right, has mm-hmm. a big advantage in making sure, even Speed if you easy. knew all the things, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. and making sure you actually take action. So, when we introduce a client to you, what process do you go through with a new client? Yeah, we actually do like a cash flow evaluation, right? We try to figure out like how much money can we either save you and or make you with passive income or returns on your money. Now, here's the thing is like, what we're really looking for is to see if we can at least double whatever you would pay us for that year, right? So full disclosure, like if somebody to be qualified to work with us, they should have at least $200,000 of cash and or equity in their properties or something like that for us to work with them. Because we want to make sure they make at least 20,000 a year of extra cash flow that year. So this is not, hey, you know what? If you keep doing this in 30 or 40 years, you'll be a millionaire. It's more like, hey, what can we do in the next few months to actually yeah. give you a real monthly benefit like where you're actually seeing returns? So we're looking for that because we're going to be paying, you know, you're going to pay us 10,000 bucks to do that, a one-time fee. And then after that's like a small piddly monthly fee after that, if you decide to keep us on retainer. Now, the truth is for a lot of people we have as clients, they actually have paid their financial advisors more in fees because you know, if they have 800,000, like I had one lady come into us, she had 800,000 IRA money that she's paying 1%. That's 8,000 a year every single year. And the guy's not doing squat for them. He's just literally the one holding the money, making sub market returns versus, Hey, we can take the 800,000, turn that even that 10% return, turn that into 80,000 a year of income. Right. And like you guys are just talking about, this can even be tax advantaged income if it's done through certain real estate vehicles. 
Now you keep more of your money, right? So that's the big difference. It's just really planning it and making it work. How do we do it? We do not give investment advice. That's one thing we do not do. We will teach about what are the best investments and strategies based on what you're going for, but we're not financial advisors. We're not people saying, hey, we're licensed to tell you to cash out money of your stock markets and stuff. What we're doing is saying, hey, if you cash your money out of the market, here are the consequences, but here's the benefits. Here's what you do over here versus here. And that's the fun thing. And like you said, Heather, the key is speed. Like how many people have we heard say, oh, you know, I didn't know it, but three years ago, I should have bought real estate. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, All duh. the time. Or clients will say, oh, the market's going up in real estate. I'm not going to buy. And then a year later, they come mm -hmm. back and say, yeah, I know. I wish I, I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, well, there's I just said that, what, two weeks ago, Heather, on the show? I was like, I should have bought every house that I put an <laughs> offer in on on the beach. All of us should have bought more. Every yeah. single house on the beach, yeah. I should have bought every one of them. All mm -hmm. of them. Exactly. I love the concept of your business, though, of listening. I think you listen and listen mm -hmm. to what they want and also listen to where they're at, help coach and direct them and guide them to what other options are out there. And you do a lot of secured asset stuff, which is really cool. Lots of tax advantage things, not just real estate, which I think is also really beneficial. So this is just client feedback that I'm sharing, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, your clients all love you and mostly I'm sure because you've changed their perspective on their financial future. So. Cause we give a crap. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We yeah. actually care. We actually want you to get results. We probably care more about the results sometimes than our own clients do. And yeah. I know you guys can relate because yeah. we were kind of three peas in the same pod, right? Like we yeah. really are yeah. wanting people to get these results and get that freedom that we enjoy ourselves. Mm -hmm. And for people to buy into that myth that somehow keep doing the same old thing that every financial advisor and every Dave Ramsey has ever said. And now we get Dave Ramsey poster children saying, hey, I'm asset rich and cash poor. I can't really retire. I'm debt free, but so what? I'm not free. Where's that freedom everybody talked about? That's what yep. we're actually giving people. Oh, preach. Yeah. And look, <laughs> nothing wrong with, I mean, if you want to be debt free, knock yourself out. Let's just not forget the other side, right? I mean, there's an yes. other side to this whole thing. I mean, dichotomy that happens where you have to be completely against one thing or completely against the other. And the, the remarkable thing about all of this, you use Dave Ramsey, the remarkable thing about all of this is that Dave Ramsey does things that he doesn't preach. Exactly. And why? It's because he's freaking rich and rich people have to do things different, right? So mm -hmm. he tells everybody, and look, if you're broke and you have a gazillion dollars in credit card debt, you probably should eat some beans and rice for a hot minute, right? Get your mm -hmm. crap together. But there's a time and season for that. You can't keep preaching that the whole time. So things change in your life. And that's, right. that's the reason why Dave Ramsey specifically does some of the things that he tells people not to do. It's because he's rich and he has to use other financial vehicles because of where he is in life. The unfortunate thing I think though, is that he just never talks about those because no. maybe because he doesn't have a funnel set up where he can financially benefit from those. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, anyway, it's true. we won't belabor he, the point on that, but one of the things I think in, in the beginning of this that we talked about that I just want to circle back to that is Heather was talking about this client where her financial advisor was obviously getting frustrated because they keep pulling money out and <laughs> buying better assets. Which, Good. Yeah. Which everybody should expect when they do something like this, because mm -hmm. the financial advisor is on your side when all of your money is with them. 
-hmm. And when you take money away, they all of a sudden become very much not on your side. That's right. And it's a pretty easy test. When you call your financial advisor and you say, hey, I need $100,000 because I'm going to go do this real estate thing. If they have a hard time turning loose of your money, you have got the wrong financial advisor. That's right. Think of that lady we just talked about before, that dentist, right? She had $3 million she pulled out to deploy into real estate and he was mad. But think about it, if he makes a 1% return on that money, because he's getting paid 1% whether she makes money in the market or not, right? Yep. He gets down. paid 1%. That's 30000 a year that she just cost him. Yeah, he's going to be pretty belligerent, right? He's going to definitely yep. be bold and say, you shouldn't do that. That's too risky. You should diversify. Ironically, because they don't let you diversify. Buying different stocks and mutual funds is not diversification. It's yeah. all paper assets. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're taking his advice of diversifying, great, get out of it. Like move into something else that's in another asset class altogether. <laughs> oh man, we should do this again. We get all fired up. It's great talking to people that uh, feel the same way about things. <laughs> well, it's always refreshing. It is. <laughs> I know that we send clients your way. I know that some of the people who are listening right now are going, yes, for the love. I've been looking for this forever. Yeah. So, I mean... You can always reach out. We can connect you with Chris. Chris, how, what's a good way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you can always follow my podcast. I have a podcast called The Chris Miles Money Show that you can follow on iTunes, YouTube, or whatever, just like you're doing here. It's awesome. Um, or you can go to our website, moneyripples.com. It's M-O-N-E-Y-R-I-P-P-L-E-S.com. And you can just contact us through that page too. And I will say that Chris is going to be joining us for our January masterclass. Getting Ooh, give masterclass. Drop some wisdom for us for one of the sessions. So I'm super excited about that because I think Same people are going to love it. So awesome. All right. Thanks for hey, joining us the most, today. Im- the most important thing, Chris, is that if there are many of you out there who are like, you know, your hands are in the air and you're like, yes, yeah. preach. The most important thing at this point is what we say on every show. And that is that you have got to get out there and make something happen. And the something this week, if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling compressed by your money, you need to reach out. Reach out to Chris. He can help you for sure free up a lot of that cash. So get out there this week and make something happen. Don't wait. Till next time, everybody. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.